Uh, Father, we're grateful for your steadfast love and kindness. We're thankful for um, this new day, this new Lord's Day, as you gather us together as your people. We indeed pray, Father, that you'd bless um, this day, that you'd set it apart and use it for your purposes. We pray that you would uh, draw near to us um, in about an hour as we worship together um, in the name of Christ, and we ask for your mercy uh, during that time particularly. But Father, we also give you thanks for this past year, and we pray that you would be with us by your Spirit as we I think a little bit about um, the little corner of your kingdom um, that we inhabit here at Colleyville Prez and the things that your spirit has been doing in our midst. We pray for your blessing upon us. In Christ's name, amen. Uh, good morning. Um, so you should have two handouts. Um, one is just a, a prose um, handout and the other is a chart. So if you don't have one, you can raise your hand and one of the deacons I'm sure will help you out. Um, it's good, I think, that we do this. I'm really grateful for this practice um, to at least once a year kind of take stock of what God has been doing. Um, it's appropriate. I think we see this in the scriptures, of course, in a number of places, this um, idea of the importance of remembering God's faithfulness and what he has been up to, um, what he's been doing um, in our lives, um, and uh, acknowledging it together. And so it's a it's a privilege to do that with you. I'm grateful for the time that we spend each year um, in this meeting. Um, my main thing I want to emphasize now and all throughout the time we have together this morning is how grateful I am um, for this church. Um, people tell me um, when they go other places and the Lord calls them elsewhere that they miss Colleyville Prez. They miss our church um, because it's a special place. And I think that's true. I think this is a unique church in a lot of ways, and um, it's one that I'm very grateful for. And um, I think the Lord has given us um, a lot of grace, a lot of his kindness, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to serve as your pastor, as I have now for um, some years. Um, it's been a great privilege uh, for me, and um, I can't imagine um, another church that I would love as dearly as I love this one. Um, I was meeting um, with um, um, my counselor this week and they made the comment that um, of the pastors that they meet with, um, uh, my counselor said, I don't know have hardly any pastors that I've talked to that speak about their church in the way that you do, the way that you speak of your love for them and your affection for your calling and for the work that you do. And, um, and that was encouraging for me to hear. Um, and, and I think it's, it's genuine. I want you to know that, um, how grateful I am um, for this congregation, for each of you, um, for the work that we're called to together, and um, for the beauty of it. And I really mean that, um, the beauty of what we're doing here um, um, in this little corner of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. I, I've noted some of the, I think, attributes of our church that I'm most gracious, grateful for, and we could list a lot of other things, but... I think there's a stability in our church, which is really valuable. Um, I think we've seen that even over the last um, three years, um, as there's been a lot of change in our culture. Um, the Lord has been kind to us in that way. Um, um, the, God, yeah, God has been kind um, in terms of stability. Um, I think there's faithfulness in our church, and I, that's what I see when I examine our worship and our lives together. Um, people that are genuinely seeking to be faithful to our Lord Jesus Christ, a community that is seeking to be faithful in that way, and that really being the highest priority, um, uh, not 
other things that might be priorities for churches, but simple faithfulness um, to God's word and uh, faithfulness to the commands that he's given us as best as we're able. Um, the emphasis on the means of grace is a clear, um, I think, value of our church and distinctive in our church. Um, everything we do um, on Sunday mornings, of course, um, is oriented around word, prayer, and sacrament, but that's true um, also for our ministry generally um, throughout the week. Um, we gather for prayer here twice a week. We um, have Bible studies, and we want uh, we publish daily Bible readings. We want um, all of our life to be oriented around these uh, means of grace that the Lord has given us. I think that there's a one of the values of our church and one of the distinctives is its size. And we would, this would be a very different church if we were, you know, I don't know, whatever, three times the size that we are. Um, I'm grateful for um, the size of our church because I think it means that it's a place where you can be known by others. Uh, you can be known by your pastor um, where we can know one another. Um, where if you're not here on a Sunday morning, someone is going to notice. Um, it's going to be noted. And uh, you may not receive a call that Sunday, but but you know, before too long, people will be reaching out to you and saying, where are you? Um, because we miss you. And uh, I think that's important. I think that's a, a significant value for um, a, a someone's spiritual life is the opportunity to be part of a community where they can genuinely be known um, and know others. And that's, I think, one of the distinctives and, and really strengths of our church. And I, I think our church genuinely is a place to grow in holiness and wisdom and love. Um, in the fruit of the Spirit, in other words. And I want you to know that I see that happening. I think that's, for me, one of the values of, um, you know, now entering or now being in my ninth year as your pastor, that I've been here long enough to know um, many of you well and to see um, the way that God has been at work in your life um, over a period of years now. And it's remarkable, the changes that I see in people's hearts and their lives and the ways that they're loving Jesus more and the ways that they're seeking to be um, put off sin, to, to grow in faithfulness and holiness, uh, to grow in love and charity. Um, and I, that's one of my favorite things as a pastor is to kind of have a front row seat to that transformation that the Spirit works in people's lives. And I think that's one of the great tests of whether a church is being faithful is, are people actually being made like Jesus? And, um, and I want to say that I see that. I see that happening in your lives um, as the Spirit works um, through the means of grace, through the fellowship of the church, um, through all the ways that he loves us and pursues us. Um, uh, people are um, being made new, and that's a, that's a wonderful thing. Um, two years ago in January, January of 2021, I, I talked about three main emphases that I wanted to continue to see present in the life of our church um, in the years ahead. I talked about the centrality of Lord's Day worship. I talked about the practice of prayer. And I talked about um, uh, service um, as three areas that I wanted to hope that we would continue to be steadfast in, but also grow in together. And I, two years later, I mean, I, I just want to say I see those things happening. I see a deeper commitment in our church to the primacy of uh, worship on the Lord's Day. Um, I I suspect that our experience with COVID may have been part of that, um, reminding us of how precious it is to gather on the first day of the week um, with other believers, to be in God's house, to receive um, uh, the word and sacrament. Um, and and I, I see that in our church and I'm grateful for it. Um, I see, um, and, and also our, we're continuing to learn to pray together. Um, the, the morning prayer that we do on Wednesdays and Fridays is, um, for my money, one of the most important ministries of our church. 
um, over the last um, three or four years now that we've been doing it um, consistently. Um, God um, is using that time. Um, it's, it's remarkable to pray um, regularly in that way. Um, we pray for about an hour um, and, and to see over time God answer prayers that we offer to him. Like he really does hear and use the prayers that are offered here. Um, and we're learning to do it together, and that's a beautiful thing. Um, um, that group is growing a morning prayer, and I know that that's not a time that works for everyone, um, that we do it, and it's impossible to find a time that meets that criteria. But I would say even if it's just, you know, once a month or once every couple months, um, come and just be part of what we're doing. It's a great opportunity um, to pray, and I know that it will take time out of your day, um, but I think it's worth it. Um, even if you can't be there every time, um, come once in a while, it would be a blessing. And I, I see that happening not only in our time together in morning prayer, that corporate time, but I, I see just prayer being an increasing value in our church and practice in our church, and I'm glad for that. And then service. I, I mean, this last year has been full of, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but this last year has just been full of Christian acts of service um, to one another um, in our congregation in a profound way, um, and even outside of our congregation. And, and I see that. I see us showing up in each other's lives and actually serving one another, um, inconveniencing ourselves, sacrificing our own comfort, um, our own finances, our own whatever, um, for the sake of someone else. And that, uh, that's a beautiful thing to see um, that happening in our church. So kind of a more specific review of 2022. Um, there were some challenges in this past year. Um, I think primary among those challenges were the resignation, pretty abrupt resignation, of two of our um, key staff members, um, Patrick Webb, our assistant pastor who resigned in late April, um, and then our longtime church pianist who resigned um, in, in July time frame, Linda Pritchett. Um, and there's no doubt that those are significant changes for our church and, um, and losses for our church. Um, not only, of course, Patrick, but, but Rachel and the children as well um, were a significant loss for us. Um, and it was a significant change to lose Linda. Um, in the way that we did, and, 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 and that's, you know, it was just very, it was very, you know, she'd been playing for over 30 years for our congregation, um, so that was a, a pretty drastic change. Um, in addition to that, we had several beloved families and individuals move away. One is back this morning. <laughs> she, can't, she can't get away, um, which we're glad for. Uh, we're praying she might come back um, before too long. Uh, Michelle McGonigal is one of those people. Um, also, of course, um, Nathan. Um, and Bella Barlow um, were a significant loss, and then Michael and Kate Stearns um, um, were a family that was just, um, and each of those families, I think, were um, engaged in the life of our church um, in significant ways in terms of service and, and, um, and just being all in um, to what we were doing as a congregation. And so that, it was, you know, and this is part of the dynamic of living in an area like Dallas-Fort Worth that people um, are moving here constantly um, because of the opportunities that exist. Um, but of course, um, that also means that people are, are moving away at times because they, um, God calls them elsewhere. And we saw that. We saw God call Michelle to Atlanta for her work and um, the Lord lead Nathan to apply for law school and to begin his um, studies at um, University of Alabama. And then, of course, um, the Stearns, Kate, having the opportunity she had to become a professor um, and so um, at Letourneau. So um, those are, you know, it's part of the dynamic. But those are real losses and challenges in the life of a church, especially a church like ours where we know each other. 
Um, and yet, there's so many signs of God's faithfulness over the last year. I, I try to do a kind of comprehensive review just in my own mind when I do this, when I prepare for this. I also kind of go back through all the, um, the emails that I send to the church um, to try to make sure I'm remembering everything. I probably have not remembered all the good things God has done for us in the last year. Um, so I'll say that up front. Um, but I've tried to do a, a more or less comprehensive review of our last year because it's good for us to recite and remember these things that they happened in our midst. Um, one of the most primary signs of God's faithfulness um, this past year is that we were able to worship every Sunday, um, 52 um, Sundays, um, without interruption, without um, uh, anything preventing us from doing that. And that's what a, what a blessing that is. And I would say that we're worshiping with increasing participation. Um, um, our attendance is growing. Um, our, our attendance was um, at about 150 or so um, before COVID and on average. And then it, of course, took a huge drop and um, sort of slowly built up. And we're not quite to where we were um, in early 2020 yet, but we're close at this point. And, and that growth, I think, is coming not only from members who are uh, new members who are coming from the outside to join us, but that increase in average attendance each Sunday um, is, I think, also a marker of just people in our congregation prioritizing worship more and making worship more of a central practice in their life. And that, to me, is just a huge barometer of our maturity as a congregation, um, because I know that that means pushing back against the prevailing winds of our age um, to set apart um, the Lord's Day as separate and sacred. Um, and, and I see us doing that more and more. Um, and I think there's also just a a, a real joy in our worship um, that I increasingly am aware of and sense intuitively. I don't know if I could like, you know, exactly explain to you what I mean by that um, in specifics, but that's just, that's the sense I have, that there's a, a vibrancy, a robustness, an eagerness for us to be together, to sing, to receive the word, to receive the sacrament, to pray, uh, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. Um, this year in our sermons, we um, walked through the end of Hebrews. Um, we did about 10 more psalms during the summer. Um, and then we um, spent a special um, series in prayer um, during the Advent season at the end of the year. So it's, it's good to remember these parts of the scripture that we're covering together um, as a congregation. Um, the Lord has brought us a number of new members this year. And it's uh, what a blessing they've been already. Each of these families... Um, or individuals have um, not only joined our church, but I think really moved into taking ownership and, and being um, uh, servants in our church in ways that have been so um, encouraging. Uh, Rachel Brinkman, um, Sam and Tori Campbell, these are all the people that have joined. Uh, Zen Campbell, of course, as well. Um, uh, um, Donovan and Trudy Carlson, uh, Brandon Carpenter, um, Clay and Sam Cooper, and their boys, Calvin and Daniel. Uh, Mike and Leslie Hamlin, um, Lydia and uh, her parents, um, Roy and Mary Lyons, um, Paul McConaughey, and then Alan and Ari um, Newby. And many of the names I just read are in this room. Um, and just want you to know that we're grateful for you. We're, we see your presence among us um, as a sign of God's love for us, as a sign of his blessing and his faithfulness, that the Lord is adding um, new folks to our midst. And um, that's one of the things we're praying for um, regularly in morning prayers, that the Lord would continue to bring us new families and individuals that we might both be ministers to them, but also that they might minister to us and build up our body as well. 
And um, the Lord has been kind in that way. Um, I've mentioned the, um, the ways in which morning prayer has been a blessing already this year. I do see that, and I'm grateful for it. Um, I also see our Bible studies continuing to grow and mature. Um, I'm really grateful for the men's study that Jeff Prager has begun on Wednesday mornings. Um, I know it's early at 6.45, um, but I think that it's, it's, it's just been really solid ever since um, he started it in September in terms of the participation and people's uh, willingness to get up and to come. And I think that says a lot about Jeff's leadership, but also about um, the desire that men have in our church to be together and to pray and to read the scripture and for that to be a, a regular part of their life. And that's encouraging to me. In the same way, um, our women's Bible study this fall has been really robust, um, a very high participation, both in terms of numbers as well as just engagement as we go through the Gospel of Luke together. Um, I've taught that class um, now for, you know, over eight years, and it's just been remarkable to see all the scripture that we've covered in that time and the ways in which the Lord has used um, that practice in the lives of the women that come, um, especially those that have come for a long period of time. Um, I, I see the Word of God having effect in people's lives and changing them, um, which is what it's supposed to do. And um, and I, I think that's that's a mark of God's faithfulness to us. Um, we were able to have Sunday school all year this year. The first year we've had a full year of Sunday school um, since 2019 um, because of the ways that um, some of the COVID stuff interrupted our practices on Sunday morning. And when we split into two services, it became hard to have Sunday school, um, those kinds of things. Um, but I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for Naomi. Um, she's done a great job of uh, really bringing stability and vision to our program on Sunday mornings for the kids um, and recruiting teachers, many of you in this room um, are Sunday school teachers um, for our children. And I'm grateful, uh, friends, for your faithfulness and for your desire to work with our kids and teach them the Bible. Um, what a blessing that is. Um, in our adult class, we've covered um, Topics like Gentle and Lowly was where we began the year. Um, I did a review of that recent book and together in discussion. And we spent a, a good period of time on the topic of human sexuality, which I think was a, a worthy use of our time. Um, we really covered the gamut of issues around human sexuality that are present um, in our culture today. And, and I think um, really looked at different ways in which the Word of God um, speaks to those topics. Um, that's a resource that's on our website. If you didn't attend those classes, I would commend that class to you. I think we talked about a lot of things that are very relevant um, for um, our life and the world today. And then, of course, um, we began at the end of the year a new series on the Westminster Confession of Faith. Um, Holy Week, Advent, and Christmas this year, I thought were just lovely. Um, it's so wonderful from my perspective when we get to spend, you know, Holy Week, we get to have church on Thursday and Friday and Sunday. And, um, and this year, because of the way Christmas worked out, we got to have, you know, church on Christmas on Saturday evening and then come back on Sunday for worship. Um, and it, I just, I feel like that's, those are precious um, practices for us. It's good to be together in that way. And I think God was really kind to us, particularly in those seasons um, in terms of our worship and our life together. Um, it's also, I want to mark, I think this is a, a theme of the last year. God, there have been a lot of health challenges in our church um, in the last year. Um, uh, of course, Jeff Prager having cancer um, was probably the most dramatic in some ways. 
Um, but also Chuck Freeman, for example, had some really serious um, health problems um, early in the year. Um, and there are a number of others. I've just listed names of people that have experienced challenges in their health. Uh, Lauren Clark, um, uh, Fiona Thomas, um, um, this little girl in our church that is um, growing strong and healthy despite um, her diagnosis of Beckwith-Weidman syndrome. Um, ben Arnold, um, Jacqueline Munzert had uh, concerns towards the end of her pregnancy. Um, Elilia Scott um, has had um, trouble this year um, physically, Sarah Cornell. Um, and yet we've seen God care for these people. Um, really every person that I've listed here and the Lord has preserved their lives um, and he has given them healing, each person on this list, I think. Um, that doesn't mean that all of them are completely healed and they're just 100%, but the Lord has been kind. Um, he has brought um, healing to them and, um, and we've prayed for that. We've prayed for that and gathered worship on Sunday mornings. We've prayed for that on, on Wednesdays and Fridays here. We've prayed for that in our homes. And I just wanna mark that, I think that's been a, you know, for a church our size, I think the number of real serious physical and health challenges that have been present in our congregation over the last year is significant, uh, more than I think you might expect, and yet God has been kind to us in the midst of those things. And I'm, I'm sure I've left names off this list as well, um, who um, could also be listed in terms of those challenges. And, and I think it's, we should mark that, we should give thanks that God um, has heard our prayers, that he has um, brought healing in the ways that we've asked him to. Um, what a blessing that is. Um, God's faithfulness to us, and just give you a little, I don't talk about this much, but I do do a, some things outside of our church um, that I think you should know about. Um, for the past year, I've served as the um, chairman of our Presbytery's administrative committee, um, which means the administrative committee is made up of the moderator and the stated clerk and the treasurer and all the committee chairs in our Presbytery, and so I chair that committee. Um, so it's a it's not a upfront public role in the Presbytery in the same way that serving as moderator was um, recently a couple years ago. Um, but it's very much a behind the scenes um, significant role of leadership in our Presbytery. Um, I was elected to that role last February um, by our Presbytery. I anticipate that I'll probably be elected again in a few weeks, um, unless somebody you know tries to elbow me out, which I would be fine with. Um, um, but I, you should know that. You should know that I serve in that way in our presbytery. Um, it, it takes time. Um, there are always challenging issues that exist um, when you're trying to be faithful as a presbytery together. And um, when you have the number of pastors um, and churches that we do, we're, we're North Texas Presbytery is one of the largest presbyteries, maybe the largest presbytery in um, the PCA. So there are always things, and there have been a number of things this last year um, that I've been a part of. Um, but I'm grateful for our presbytery. I'm grateful for the ways that I serve there. Um, in addition to that, I serve on our church planning committee for the presbytery and also our theological examining committee. Um, Lauren Clark has joined me in this past year on the, on the TEC, so we're grateful for his service um, to our presbytery as well. Um, in addition to the Presbytery, I've had some good opportunities in this past year to serve in the city of Colleyville. Um, I am able, invited, and, and go joyfully to go pray for the city council twice a year. Um, and I've just, man, I, I am like trying to get them to give me a hard time. Like I am being just 
like how far can I push the envelope in terms of being really explicitly Christian and, um, you know, just praying like very, um, I don't know, bold prayers. Um, and um, so far they keep asking me to come back. So, you know, I'm just going to keep rolling with it. Um, but I, I think that's important. It's, I mean, it's not a huge thing, but, you know, the city council's there, the city staff, I'm interested uh, members of the community this past, I don't know what was on the docket in December, but I showed up and there were like 80 people in the room, which, you know, I was surprised by. That's not typical for us. So something was happening in terms of Colleyville city politics. Um, um, but I'm grateful for those opportunities um, to pray in the name of Jesus, um, to even proclaim the gospel in public prayer in our community. Um, um, I also had an opportunity this past year because of the incident that happened, the terrible incident that happened in January of last year in Colleyville where the um, synagogue was attacked and the rabbi and some of the other members of that community were taken hostage. Um, we had a community event in February um, that was very well attended. Uh, it, was, it was kind of a response to that. It was, there was leadership from different faith communities within um, Colleyville, and I was one of five speakers that night and was able to talk about, from a Christian perspective, um, human dignity and the, the basis for unity in our, in our city is because we're all made in God's image, that we, have, we bear the divine. Um, so I was able to quote John Calvin, and you know, just, it was great. It was a good, um, so I was thankful for that. And that was a, another just opportunity. I was grateful to be in the public square um, talking about the kingdom of God. Um, also, I've been able to serve um, our, our school that's right here, um, um, our Covenant Christian Academy, um, which with, with whom we share a relationship um, historically and even presently as they lease our property um, all during um, the school year. Um, I would think I was able to speak in chapel five or six times this past year, um, all from the littlest, you know, three and four year olds to high school students and in between as well. And I'm grateful for that. That's something I see as a valuable ministry um, for me to do to come in and talk about Jesus um, with, um, with these kids. And so that's, that's another thing I just want you to know about. I think one of the highlights of our year together as a church was the Crates for Ukraine project. I mean, what a uh, remarkable opportunity we had to partner with directly um, our friends in Ukraine. I'm so grateful for Donna um, for her leadership of that initiative um, from beginning to end. Um, and gathering the supplies and then um, taking them over personally and experiencing that. I know she was grateful for that experience as well. And all of us pulled together um, for a church our size to pack um, eight crates full of um, not inexpensive um, supplies for uh, people in Ukraine, I think was a, a wonderful testament to the spirit of love and service that exists in our church. And we should mark that, like that's a thing that we did together. Um, and we should be grateful for that. Um, we also had the opportunity to partner with a family um, through Human Coalition, grateful for Kim and for her leadership in that project. Um, it was wonderful to me. Like I sent out that email and within like, you know, six hours, it was basically all full of people who were just eager to provide gifts for this family in need. And um, that was beautiful to get a chance to do that, to deepen our relationship with that ministry. We're hoping to continue to do that in the year to come. And we should also just give thanks. This isn't, isn't directly related to us, but we, I give thanks for Dobbs v. Jackson and for the overturning of Roe v. Wade and the way in which that has allowed, at least in our state and other states in the nation, to, um, uh, to have laws that are more in keeping with God's word um, around um, the protection of human life in the womb. And so I'm grateful for that. 
And, you know, we, lots of people were praying for that. But we were, we were some of those people, and we should mark that. It's a sign of God's faithfulness to hear our prayer um, and answer them in that way. Um, we had wonderful VBS and RYM uh, ministries this past Sunder, summer. Um, we continued to support our missionaries. We shouldn't overlook this. Um, we, this number actually is higher because of a special gift we gave to our missionaries, which I'll mention in a few minutes. Um, but we, we gave a lot of money away um, to missionaries, to church planning, to the Southwest Church Planning Network that we're a part of. Um, to um, uh, folks who are laboring here and abroad um, um, for the gospel. Um, we continue to host Covenant Christian Academy on our property, and that is a, a ministry of our church. Um, they do pay us uh, money um, and, and lease, um, which goes to, to a fund for our facilities, but um, it, it, is, it takes work to do that. It takes work and, 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 and patience and cooperation, and um, we've continued to do that for another year. Um, I want to highlight Rachel Venzel had some great teaching opportunities this year. Um, she went to Pennsylvania to speak at a, a significant conference there in Philadelphia um, called Women in the Word, where she um, was a last-minute fill-in for Karen Jobes, who you may not know who Karen Jobes is, but um, she's one of the preeminent female biblical scholars in the world, um, and she had a last-minute um, problem and couldn't do it, so they called Rachel up. So I, I think that's pretty cool. Um, um, so that's great, Rachel. I also had other speaking opportunities in um, the local area um, here in DFW at some churches, which was wonderful. Um, also, um, some of you may not even know this name, but Eric Oldfather, um, a former intern of our church that served on staff with us for about three years, um, was installed this summer as the new senior pastor of a church in Chicago. And I, that's, we should just say, hey, that's God being kind to us. That's, you know, Eric, I think, would say that he's, um, was really shaped by, I know he would say this, was really shaped by his time um, with us. Eric and I stay in really um, regular communication, and, and um, that's something we should be thankful for. Um, I want to take a moment to say one of the signs of God's faithfulness in our midst this year has been um, Teresa Veda. Um, Teresa jumped in um, joyfully, willingly, um, um, and I Forgot about her. I should have listed her on the health challenges this year. That was my oversight. Um, she had a, a minor stroke earlier this year or last year in January. Uh, we prayed for her recovery from that. The Lord was kind. And then um, when um, Linda resigned and we needed to figure out what we we're going to do, Teresa just jumped in and just seamlessly, I think, has filled that uh, need in our church. And so I'm so grateful for God's kindness to us and Teresa and her faithfulness to play each Sunday. Um, also, um, we should give thanks that the Lord has provided us a wonderful new church musician um, that's coming, um, Paul Buckley. We're grateful for him. Um, he and Sarah are in the process of moving here and should be here in just a few weeks. I'm anticipating that our next fellowship meal, the first Sunday in February, um, the Lord, um, that, that Paul and Sarah will be with us. Um, and Paul is just, I mean, it, it's phenomenal. It still feels like too good to be true to some extent that I was able to convince Paul Buckley to move here from Florida um, to serve our church. Um, and, um, and I shouldn't say I convinced, the spirit convinced Paul um, to do that. Um, um, it is, Paul is wonderfully gifted and um, I feel like our church is, is gonna be so fortunate to have him. Um, Jeff Prager has been a great blessing to our congregation. Um, again, a difficult situation, um, the resignation of a, of a pastor on our staff, 
And Jeff just has stepped into that role and done it with um, grace and wisdom and um, faithfulness. And um, uh, it's been a real blessing to me to have him on staff, um, helping me in a number of ways. And primarily the way that he served our church is by discipling uh, men in our church. And he's done that really, really well. Um, and so I just wanna say Jeff, Jeff is a sign of God's kindness to us this year. Um, the joyful unity and cooperation we've had um, from our leadership, um, that's been a theme that really has been true ever, all during my tenure at this church, but I just, I don't wanna take that for granted. Um, we have a remarkably, I think, unified staff and session and deacons and other leadership in the church. Um, and that's, that's a huge blessing. That's God's kindness and it makes a big difference. We should continue to pray that the Lord will protect that. Um, we've also been able to care for a lot of needs in our congregation with the Deacons Fund, and I'm going to ask um, Matt Geltz to come and speak for a minute about that. Our, Matt is the, I think that happened this year, right? You became chairman of the Deacons? I have no idea. You have no idea. <laughs> I think that was early this, yeah. maybe it was last year. It's really know. more of just a title than anything else. It's a, a group effort with the Deacons. So um, I put down some notes. I need to be quick because we are going to be um, running out of time, but... Um, in the book of church order, church order, it says it's the duty of the deacons to minister to those who are in need, to the sick, to the friendless, and to any who may be in distress. It is their duty also to develop the grace of liberality with the members of the church, to devise effective methods of collecting the gifts of the people, and to distribute among the objects to which they are contributed. So um, my agenda this morning is basic to, basically to raise awareness about the, a deacons fund that we have um, to thank you all that have supported this ministry of the deacons and then to just provide a quick overview of some of the things we've been able to do. Um, so the deacons fund is an account that's completely separate from the church's general budget. Um, the budget we're about to talk about um, is funded by the tithes and offerings that you give and the deacons fund is only funded by gifts that the congregation um, gives and it's, you specifically say this is a deacons fund contribution. So I just wanna make sure that that's clear um, thank you. Uh, this is money that we steward, um, that we take care of needs that come to, um, that we become aware of, um, and we have to vote on this. So when we, um, understand that there's a need that's out there, the deacons will email about it or have conversations or address it in a deacons meeting. And then we all have to, to vote on this as far as how these funds are used. Um, it's been a real blessing for me to, to watch God work and the church to, to hear people come and talk about the needs and money's a difficult thing to talk about. And when there is a need that needs to be met, um, it's sometimes it's hard to ask for help, but I want you guys to know that we take this all very seriously and we try to just um, distribute these funds with compassion as, as um, yeah, the needs are known. We've been able to fill up freezers, stock pantries for those that can't afford groceries. Um, we've helped with transportation needs, um, gifting an affordable car to a family that needed it, um, pay for, uh, sorry, repairs on a car, we do that. Um, medical bills, so sometimes past due medical bills are weighing down on a family, we've been able to help with that, um, or even funding procedures that maybe are need happen, but the funds just aren't there. Um, and then another one that's kind of close to my heart is counseling bills or, um, you know, for therapy. Some emotional and mental health is a, is a big deal. Um, and sometimes, um, you know, we find that people aren't in counseling or 
or need to, or are going to kind of cut counseling short because of a lack of funds. Um, and we've been able to supplement to that for some folks in the um, congregation. So uh, last is just if you, as you look at your yearly budget and if you're contributing to outside charities, um, consider the Deacons Fund. We would love to answer any questions that you have about you know, how it's used, and we are really appreciative of your gifts. Yep, that's perfect. Um, yeah, we're grateful for the work our deacons do and encourage you to continue to support that fund generously as you have done. Um, the back page, just a few hopes for our church. I hope that the church will continue to grow, um, both internally, that the Lord will continue to grow us in the image of Christ together um, as individuals and corporately, um, and that the church will grow by the Lord sending us new folks. Um, we want that. We pray for that. Um, I really hope that this year the Lord um, um, answers those prayers in an even more abundant way um, in terms of bringing us new people to love and serve. Uh, choir will be a new thing this year. I'm excited to see where that may go, what the Lord may do with that um, as Paul comes and leads us in that way. And I also anticipate that Paul's presence um, as he and I work together will lead to um, new things in our worship service. Um, I'm looking forward to, I'm hoping that we'll be able to begin to do more uh, service music, which service music is um, referring to the doxology and the glory which we sing each week. I think there are other opportunities in our service to have um, short, brief um, things that we sing every Sunday in the same way. Um, the, the Sanctus may be a place for that where we say, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. It's, I mean, maybe that's something that we begin to sing together instead of simply um, saying it, um, those kinds of things. And other There'll be other, I think, opportunities for um, new and uh, different and I think more mature um, music and worship um, changes in our congregation in the year ahead. Um, but our, our main thing doesn't change. Um, we want to continue to focus on worship and prayer and service. We want to continue to focus on the means of grace and being steadfast and letting the Lord um, what he would in our midst um, bless us and however he desires. Um, so a few minutes, I want to spend just talking about numbers real quick. Um, you can see that on the middle of your back page. Um, I've shared these numbers with you already, but just review them. Our overall giving this year was 413,000. Um, and if you take a look at this chart here, you can see how our giving has grown over the years. Um, this is a great chart that our church office, um, meaning Donna, puts together and maintains for us. Um, you can see there um, at the very, you know, the, the top of that chart, there's a listing of monthly amounts for each of the years of the past seven years and then a year total. Um, so you can see in 2016, um, giving to the church totaled 296,000. Um, it dipped a little the next year for whatever reason to 290, but ever since then it's just been gradually growing um, each year to 330, to 350, to a little over 350, to 386, to now this year. Uh, 413. It's important to notice that that growth has happened during um, a major crisis in our culture, um, economically and in terms of health and just disrupting everything, right? That's impressive to me that the Lord has um, given us that growth even during COVID and all the different changes that have happened. And again, even as our attendance is not where it was in 2019 um, yet, um, we gave substantially more in this year. And I think that's evidence. I don't think our congregation just got a lot richer in the last three years. Maybe we did, I don't know, but I doubt that. Um, I think it's largely because we're just seeing a deeper commitment to 
giving to the Lord, to tithing, to sacrificing our income um, for the sake of the church and as an act of obedience to God. And I, I think the numbers bear that out. Um, I think that's the only reasonable explanation for those numbers. And I'm, I just want you to know that I see that and I'm grateful for it. Um, I see the Lord and I see that as a tangible sign of God's working in us and um, the way that we are becoming more generous together. Um, I think that's a great blessing. Um, our expenses this year were about 386, um, um, well below our budget of 420. A large part of that was because of the resignation of those two staff members that I talked about earlier. We replaced both of them, of course, but we had some time when they weren't, you know, there wasn't anyone in those roles, and we ended up saving some money um, overall in terms of our expenses. Um, we had a remarkable year a month of giving in December you can see that on the chart that number of 77,485 if you look to the left you'll see that it's um, well above um, previous years even last year which was a, a high of 62,000 so at the end of the year um, we gave really generously as a church and I imagine that some of that was people who were maybe catching up on giving that they'd fallen behind in um, during the year but I imagine a lot of that was also folks who were able to give above and beyond um, their normal tithe and um, because the Lord had blessed them. And, and um, I'm grateful for that. That was a really significant thing that we did um, in December and it really put us in a great position financially as we look to the coming year. Um, that left us with a surplus of about $28,000. And the session as we gathered over the last couple of weeks and talked about these numbers and what to do with this money, and we really felt like because we had asked for the congregation to give and you all had given so generously, even I would say beyond my expectations at least, um, uh, that we ought to not just sit on that money and pocket it, but we ought to give it um, to things that we think are worthy, things that are consistent with the, the mission of our church. We should um, pass it on to bless others, um, not all of it, but a portion of it. Um, so we gave $10,000 um, to all of our missionaries um, and split up between them um, based on our proportion of our giving to them each month. So that was a really significant thing. That was, you know, our, we increased essentially our missions budget for 2022 by 25% by doing so. We went from 40, a little over 40 to a little over $50,000 being given to missionaries and church planning and all these sorts of things. Um, so that, I want you guys to know that we, we did that. We were able to do that in 2017 as well when the Lord gave us um, an increase in terms of giving. And um, I think that was, I hope that's encouraging to you um, that we we're able to give um, thousands of dollars to our missionary families and our RUF campus ministers um, as a, just as a say, saying, you know, the Lord blessed us, we want to bless you. Um, use this however you um, see as being best. best. In addition, um, the session was also able to make a substantial gift um, to the Prager family um, to help them address some medical debt that had been created by um, the experience of Jeff's chemotherapy um, uh, treatments over the past and other cancer treatments over the past year. Um, so we want you to know that we were able to do that. And we think that was a, a really good thing, for a fitting thing for us to do with some of that surplus money. And, um, and then we saved the remainder, which was... Um, a, an amount that was over $10,000. It's still a substantial amount that we're able to save as well. Um, so that's, that's God's kindness to us. We're grateful for those things. Um, our current financial status, um, we don't have any debt as a church. We're debt-free. Um, 
Uh, we have about, uh, this number is actually going to go down some because of the giving that I, special gifts that I just described to you, but probably we'll have about a little over 130 in our general fund now, um, just as cash that's available for the church for its expenses. Uh, we have over $10,000 in our deacons fund, and we have about $250,000 in other funds, largely our lease fund, um, which is money that's been set aside for our facilities, um, repairs or improvements to our property. Um, so those monies are available to us. Um, the session has approved a budget for 2023 of 428,000. Um, so we're going from 420 to 428. It's about a 1.9 increase um, in our budget from um, the previous year. Um, that's not a substantial increase. It's a small increase, especially historically, as you think about if you look at this chart that shows the budget numbers and how they've gone up um, over the years. Um, uh, we thought that was wise because the jump to 420 was a significant one the year before, and um, we were able to come close to that. And so we didn't want to push too far, basically, out um, ahead. Um, but we did want to continue to grow the budget. We've done that, I think, almost every year, maybe every year I've been pastor here. Um, and we do that because we want to um, anticipate that God will give us ministry to do, um, that he will take care of us, that um, the congregation will continue to grow, both in terms of numbers as well as in terms of um, generosity. Um, and so we did want to push that budget up um, um, a modest amount this coming year. Um, some of the budget changes, um, uh, we are increasing our giving to Presbytery and the Southwest, Southwest Church Planting Network that we're a part of. Um, our giving to those two groups is based on our previous year's receipts, so we are increasing our giving to them based on those percentages. It's 0.75% of our previous year's receipt that we give to Presbytery and 2.75% that we give to the Southwest Church Planning Network, and that money all goes to funding church plants, PCA church plants in the Southwest region. And we also were able to increase hours um, significantly um, for Naomi and for Rachel. Um, I'm grateful for that. Um, Naomi and Martin and Rachel Venzel have both been paid for five hours a week in previous years. Um, unquestionably, both those women are working more than five hours a week um, on, on a regular basis. And so we were able to increase their paid hours to 10 hours a week for both of those women, um, essentially double what we've been paying them. And, um, and I'm grateful um, for that. I think it's overdue and I'm glad that we were able to do it this year um, for um, both Rachel and Naomi. So grateful for their labors on behalf of our church. Um, we had a general staff salary increase, um, um, which is important, especially in the context of um, inflation and increased cost of living that we're all experiencing. Um, there's also a substantial salary increase for me, and I want to just be candid with you all about that. That's part of the reason why the budget grew here. And um, my salary was increased by about 15% um, this year. And that was a decision made by the session to try to address um, just needs in our family. And also to try to bring my salary more into the sort of region of the norm of senior pastors in our presbytery. Um, and I just wanna say that I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the session doing that. Um, it's going to be a great blessing to our family, um, that increase. And, and I want to be honest with you all because we're essentially asking you to support that increase um, for me. Um, and I am very aware of um, this dynamic where 
you know, I, I'm the only full-time employee of the church. Um, I'm the only staff member whose family is 100% dependent on the church um, for um, their, families, their family's needs financially. And um, I just want you to know that I take that seriously. Like I see that as a, a, um, a real solemn thing that we have between us, right? That I have covenanted with you um, to, um, to serve you as your pastor, to be faithful and preaching the word and keeping watch over your souls and, um, and to, to care for you in the ways that a pastor should and that you have covenanted with me to care for my family and to free us from worldly concerns. Um, that is significant to me and I want you to know that. And I, I am very aware that my, fa- my life and my family's life is, um, is based on your generosity and your care for us. And there's no, there's no backup plan here, just to be clear, right? Um, that's, that's the plan. Um, and, um, and so I just want to be candid with you about that. Um, also, there was an increase in my health insurance expenses. I'm really grateful that the session decided um, to keep me on um, a, what I would say would be a quality health care plan, um, um, even though those expenses are now higher because we lost our other full-time employee. Um, and we have great health insurance um, with the church, and I'm very grateful for it. It's a huge blessing to my family. Um, about 10% of our budget, over $44,000, goes to outside um, giving. Um, about 70% of our budget is directed toward um, staff expenses, which is where I think you would expect a church's expenses to go to care for the people that serve the church. Um, and I just want to encourage us as we think about giving. The Lord is really, I think, helping us grow in this way of generosity and obedience, and, um, and I'm grateful for how the Lord's doing that. And I just encourage us to continue to press forward um, into that um, as a congregation together. Any questions? We've got a few minutes before we need to wrap up. I know I've given you a lot of information, um, but I wanted to cover those things with you. Any questions or comments or anything? Yes, ma'am. Lucretia. I don't know. That's a good question. Like how much was given? I don't have that number. I'm sorry. I can, I can look for it. Yeah, I can try to pull it together. I think I would say the giving to the Deacons Fund was generous this year, but I don't, that's a great question. Yeah. Anything else? Wow. Okay. Yes, Allison. That's correct, yeah, mm-hmm, yep. Yeah, so we lost, um, yes, a full-time salary, essentially, and replacing that with two part-time salaries, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's the, the impact on the budget is pretty, pretty. Um, there's a little bit of a savings for us in terms of overall cost because we were paying a substantial amount of money for benefits for Eric, I mean, for Eric, for um, Patrick, um, for his health insurance, and so there is, you know, in, from a just dollars perspective, um, a little bit of a change there in terms of freeing up some money. Yeah. Anything else? Did you have a question, Eric? Was that the same thing? Oh, making sure I saw her. Yeah, Kim. Yeah. 
Sure. You're welcome. And I would say, I, if any of you want to see a line-by-line -line item of the budget, email me. I will send it to you. We're not trying to hide anything. Um, I'm, it's, you know, it's the session approves the budget the current, in our polity. It's not a congregational decision. You entrust that to the elders um, and myself. But if you want to see the details, I will send it to you um, in a PDF. So don't hesitate to reach out if you're curious to see all the numbers. Is there a note, Mary? Yeah, not typically. I mean, it's, yeah, um, certainly if what you're doing is encouraging the deacons to occasionally, you know, once every three times a year or something, having me send an email for them, then I think they're hearing that and, and that ball's in their court is what I would say. They're welcome. They're welcome to send me an email and I'll be happy to distribute it. Yeah. And we, we can certainly um, be more um, regular in the reminders about the Deacon's Fund. I, I will say the Deacon's Fund has not suffered from, um, from not being supported in our, which was great. It's, you know, I think back to the years when I was first pastor here and the Deacon's Fund was like, it was much lower than it is today uh, in terms of the amounts that have been given and the amounts that are being given out, which is great to see that happen. Yeah. Was not at $10,000, yeah. Right. Absolutely. All right, I think for the sake of our children and our faithful children's ministry director, Naomi Martin, we need to wrap it up. But um, feel free to grab me if you have questions or any of the elders. Or um, Let's stand and pray. Father, we're grateful for your kindness to us. We want to give you thanks for all the um, goodness that you've shared with us. Um, we're grateful um, that we are objects of your blessing. We pray you'd help us to steward that um, well, Lord, the way that you've blessed us through this church and to render thanksgiving to you um, and to continue to do um, all that we can to walk faithfully um, before you and with one another um, also as a congregation um, to love you and to love one another in the ways that you call us to. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen.